0: Welcome back to The Power of a Voice. Uh, This is girl Cheyenne. This is Andy. Um, And today we have two guests, um, what I consider from our youth community, because they're younger than me. Uh, We have Karen and Durand on this, AKA DJ. So um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves?
1: Hello, hello, my name is Karen. I currently go to Farmingdale College right now for IT. And, um, yeah, I want to say thank you for letting me be on this podcast right now. We're going to have some fun today. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: I am Duran, For everyone else calls me DJ, currently in 12th grade, Hempstead High School, I'm trying to learn some things about life. Team, you know, came here to teach some people about life.
0: <laughs> and I came here have a good time okay thank you thank you thank you no problem um so both of you guys are in school right now right and the whole covid um you know it may impact schools one way or another are you guys hoping for anything in terms of like do you want to go back into classes physically or you rather it be virtually or a hybrid of both what are your thoughts on that?
1: um for for me personally, I'm kind of scared to go back into school, even though that is, like, really what I want is to go back into school, because when you go back into school, you're very crammed up into a place, and it's like, you can just catch anything so easily. Like, it's not even, like, a joke. So it's like, I want to be back in school, but that's probably not the safest route. Um, I wish they sent like just do it in some type of way to like communicate online whether whether if it's like a small like like laptop or some type of tablet or some type of mic or anything like that that mm-hmm. that would have been nice for the um, upcoming semester
2: I, honestly I preferred going into school and me working at my at my current high school like we're cleaning up classrooms putting back desks and I can tell you guys that they're sending it up like 16 kids in a class like each each and every other two desk. Like there was one one classroom that we were in uh they had one of the workers um put a book on every desk that a student will be at so that and it and the books apply to the rules of COVID so that it won't spread but I'm I can stay home and learn. I have no problem with that. I'm not in a rush to go back into school,
3: honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. With all of the uh, the uh, misinformation or just information that's flying around social media about like COVID and um, all that stuff, how do you guys navigate? How do you guys know what's accurate and what's not? Um, what are some of the things that you guys do, especially since you guys are younger and you guys use social media more? Uh, what is something that you guys do to kind of avoid being in that echo chamber of false information
1: um to really to really avoid that you just have to like think about what you're reading and think about where where it's coming from because now because nowadays you have a lot of sites that are just writing these these reports for clicks and stuff like that so it's like you really have to think about what you're reading right now and how much you want to take that like um into effect, but if anything, this virus has showed us that even the people that's job is to research this as best as they can, they still don't really know everything that there is to be known for for this virus, so like everything is becoming new, everything is re- getting refreshed every hour every day, so you really got to keep on your toes and just be just be cautious, honestly, just be cautious
2: the first time like. I guess COVID, like, affected me. It was, like, my last day at work. We had to wear, like, white gloves. And I was like, oh, we wearing, like, gloves, like, all the time at work now. Oh, this whole, like, everything's about to shut down. And I was ready for it. Uh, Like, I try to be smart about it. Like, if I go outside, I need to know who I'm going with. Like, for example, if I hang out with my friends, we all, like, we all know our parents will not let us out, go outside for no Reason so I'm not gonna go out with some people who I know haven't been safe. I'm going out with people who have been safe now at least. But um, when it comes to me receiving information about COVID news twelve, I anytime I get a chance I look on it. I think like the most I've listened to is anything that uh, Governor Cuomo has said. That's the most I've gotten my information from and yeah looking at his plans on how we're going to deal through this
3: i think that's smart
0: yeah definitely um so with the whole entire like the whole covid thing like everyone's supposed to be safe wear masks things of that nature but then also there's like a a social climate change in the world now in terms of like the black Lives matter movements and um you know, protesting nonstop. stop it seems like since we've been on lockdown after George Floyd. Um, so what are your thoughts on that movement? And, um, you know, how have you contributed, if anything, towards that?
1: Um, my thoughts on the movement is that everything, everything is unjust. I don't think anything that we have done has been wrong per se. I, um. At first when I saw the, the riots and I, I saw these buildings burned down and stuff like that, I didn't really get it for me, but we've been through so much as people of color and we've been fighting every single day. We're fighting against a stigma made from other people to be put on us. So, so for that um, anger to be unleashed, it does make sense in a in a kind of way. We just have to be careful, honestly, because of because because COVID is, is still out there, but also protesting is still something that we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um it's, it's, it's actually kinda funny actually because the, the the cities and states that are protesting, there's there's not there's not a spike of COVID because of that. Like like it's not really like that, cause like people are protesting. They're wearing masks. Um, they're not really too too clumped up together. You know what I mean? So, so, um, the Black Lives Matter is something that's really important. But also, I'm I'm also very scared for like the end goal of it. Like, what's the end goal for for this movement, and what's going to happen years years down the line? What do you what do you want the end goal
3: to be?
1: Um I want the end goal just to be for everything to be fair and not and not be dependent on what you look like and what the color of your skin is, you know what I mean? So so it's like for me, I don't know if it's fair if let's say like a if a um, non non black voice actor plays plays a black character in a cartoon, you know, right? So I was like, so I like, is it fair for that person to lose their job or give up their job so a black person can play a black character in a cartoon? You get what I'm saying? Hmm. So it's like, so so yeah, so yeah, so like it's stuff like that because like it's great to have our foot in the door. Being, being who we are, but at the same time, if we just take these black roles, then we're still been, then we're still being locked in a cage. If that makes not locked in a cage, but we're still being restricted to right. being to be being black characters in cartoons and stuff like that. You get what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's where I'm really am just thinking at with it. Like, what's really the right approach? I'm not really sure what the end goal is for for myself. But that's just what I've been thinking about.
3: I mean, I think you hit some of the nails. Like, I think when you talk about, like, stigmatizing and you talk about opportunities, I think the key is to kind of uh, eliminate some of those stigmas so we're not trapped in, you know, uh, certain uh, um, goal or certain, uh, what's the word, um, positions, right? Like, we don't have to just be the Black voices. We can actually be, you know, uh, any character that we want. Um, just kind of one microcosm, like there's a lot of other opportunities um, to kind of look at when you're thinking about you know, growing this movement. I think for me, the end goal would be equal opportunity and it actually looking like legitimate equal opportunity. So that might mean that uh, some positions of power are, are, are given over to um, black leaders to kind of dictate what happens moving forward. But I think that's a kind of a necessity. So, as, far mm-hmm. as talking about like some white people potentially losing jobs, I think you know like unfortunately, maybe it doesn't look like you know you just completely being fired, but I think yeah, like I think sometimes that, that might have to be the case, and that's something that even even our uh white allies have to you know deal with or be prepared to face
1: right
2: I feel like um when it comes to like I guess what you guys are trying to say of um putting black people into power like we have to do it especially in some of these like communities like social like social media and all that like there 100% needs to be some uh minority leaders in there except for you know I guess the the whites as some people would say like it's stuff like that that honestly um I I hope for the most because stuff like social media companies industries like they need they need that stuff to in order to survive because we see it every day now someone will get cut off completely
0: never be talked
2: about on the face of the earth the whole catalog gone because of things like that now if we were if we are able to do this like stuff like this wouldn't happen we wouldn't have to cancel so many people as they would say but like, that's that's what i hope this this like well that's another thing i would hope at the end game for the black lives matter movement personally
0: so basically saying that like just having more Black representation in the companies and, and that they actually bring them forward so that way we don't have to enact the cancel yeah. Black rule that we've in I'm, 2020.
2: This this cancel culture is like, it's annoying, but like it needs to happen. Like some of these people yeah. are doing long things. But if I'm... a I would assume that if we had positions like that, this would all stop. Maybe not stop, but like it would be most fixed in a better be, way.
0: Yeah, it could be instead of prevent it yeah,
2: instead of dealing with it on Twitter. Like, right? That's 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 the most.
3: That's what I hope happens at least. So, what does that what does that ultimately look like? Like, are you talking about like you know the people being canceled having? you know, uh, black representation to kind of let them know what they shouldn't and shouldn't say?
2: Well, I feel like if um, you have black representation in your, uh, your work, like your work area, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know, you like, you like have a relationship with the people. Like, maybe as the years pass on, you know, you can like uh, have a strong bond with someone else, no matter like what the race is. And I feel like if, if, were allowed to be in some of these high places we wouldn't have to deal with this you know relationships could be better with uh peoples of race
0: yeah um i think corporate america and i'm going to say white corporate america definitely has a stigma of not hiring minorities um at top level positions where they can even get paid and even though, even if at that top level they're still getting paid less, which they probably are, as their white component, um, but they are allowed to to have a chance to make more money, um, mm-hmm. and provide more feedback for what you know is going on. So I definitely agree with you in terms of that because if you look at like Gucci, um, I think they had the noose sweater. Or some shit like that, that
3: like a
2: long time yeah um, but i know what it was that, yeah, I, know, I know what you're talking about
0: yeah things like that could be preventable if you had you know um black people in the room but also very important it's not just about having black people in the room you need black people who actually care about the sensitivity of the topics well
3: i mean fact. that some of it doesn't even matter i think uh we can start focusing on you know black owned stuff like it doesn't have to be gucci or it doesn't have to be any other company that's notoriously have been uh uh told that some of these imagery or some of these uh the things that they put on their clothing um are sensitive i think at some point we as a culture have to represent uh understand our buying power Mm -hmm. and make sure that we uh spend accordingly and that's going to start with you guys you got your generation is kinda of like the new wave, right? Like so it's like, um you guys are gonna be the ones that kinda of, uh keep the culture up and dictate what what's cool and what's not. I'm old now, so
1: I guess <laughs>
0: I so, mean when you guys make your millions, you could just be black investors investing well, in black businesses. I, or you can
3: make your own stuff, right? So I like, I think that's that is part, true. That's part of it. It's like uh recognizing that like you don't have to follow the the trend just because everyone's wearing Gucci or red bottoms or whatever doesn't mean that you have to and it doesn't mean that you know you have to feel like you're forced to support something that doesn't support
1: your culture I see but that but that also goes back to to what I said before because it's like to what to what um what's the word I'm looking for what end extent yeah yeah like to what point do we maybe not stop, but like we slow down doing it? Because like, because like, let's say if we do get, get black, well, more black um millionaires and they start investing in, investing in black owned businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now these black owned businesses are going to prosper. And now other businesses that are white or whatever, it could be not hurting, you know what I mean? But like, to, to what end do we just stop supporting each other because of our race and start supporting each other because we like the product that they're using or in stuff like that?
0: You know what I mean? I think that, you know, that's a good question. Um, it's not so much about, I mean, it is about supporting Black businesses, right? Mm. Statistically, when you look at it, um, Black businesses are never, uh, it's really hard for a black business to become like a Walmart or something. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So what you're doing is you're, you're supporting your local economy. So for example, um, I live in Valley Stream. So if I went out, found a black business in Valley Stream, right? I, you know, support them with whatever. I like their product and stuff like that. Um, Then I keep going back to them and I keep supporting them and putting them, I'm putting my money into the local economy. Now, there's things that, you know, because it's so hard to find black businesses now, Mm -hmm. um, and you really have to look for them to see if this is black owned and stuff like that. That
1: is true.
0: You're still gonna have to shop at other um, ethnic or other, you know, yeah, regular stores, right? You're still gonna have to, learn. no one's yeah. gonna go to Walmart. Like, you know, you're still gonna have to go to Target for something. If, you know, what it I'm would saying? be
2: impossible to live right. That, but
0: if you're conscious about the decisions, like, okay, so for example, I know I like to use black soap, right? So if I like mm-hmm. black soap, then I can easily find a black owned company that sells black soap. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. like I like to eat, you know doubles right so i find a trinidadian restaurant right that serves me doubles so it's kind of like the small things that you right is to to try to find it in a black-owned business right and um the bigger things that you can't find in a black-owned business then you're gonna have to shop for whatever you need
3: i mean uh like i think you can pretty much find anything you want in a black-owned business if you get the opportunity to but it's i think not everywhere far, i mean not everywhere maybe but i'm 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 there's like, no black-owned
0: grocery stores around here stop playing
3: but what's a fact find a black-owned grocery store in long island and that's the thing is like so like it might it might be uh um I want track you can fact check it i'm sure you'll probably find a black owned grocery store on long island um hopefully uh
2: hopefully yes
3: the point is that um you have to consider uh the dynamic that you're referring to a lot a lot of opportunities have been taken away um uh from black people right so like we're not on the same level or on the same pace as uh our counterparts so we have to consider If we're really serious about making a a change, like what Cheyenne said is you have to help boost up your own um, neighborhood economy. And and that may look like supporting like or should look like supporting black owned businesses as much as you possibly can.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, that that takes away, uh, um, you know, money from maybe a white a white business or a, a, like a business another business but like only represent 13 percent of america if we're not helping each other then who's gonna help us all Right. Mm-hmm. so those I are you right. we got to consider and like i think uh uh the end that that you're looking for kids uh having a representation across all spectrums in america for people of color uh you know, like uh, making sure that like we're not only looked at as criminals or over criminalized or, or, you know, the drug users or the gangsters or or the miseducated, but making sure that like we have, uh, you know, no ceilings to prevent us from getting opportunities and making sure that things like that exist for our children, 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 children. I think that's the Mm -hmm. end. A long fight because you think about 400 plus years of dealing with this, it's not going to be easy. But, you know, I think a big part of it, especially for your generation, is you guys get to be creative and reimagine what this world can look like. You know, you reimagine what it looks like to have represent, proper representation in your communities, you know, or in on TV shows with people that look like you instead of always having, you know, white superheroes or white families mm-hmm. on television. Or, you
1: know. mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um in terms of the current media right now, right? Are you guys on Twitter like that?
2: I'm on Twitter. Yeah. I'm on Twitter yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm more on Twitter than I am Instagram. Honestly, I'm, I've, 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 thought, I've thought countless days to uninstall Instagram.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So, in terms of, like, the current climate on Twitter particularly, right? Um, what do you guys think about overall, like, black twitter and the comments on as far as like everything that goes on and do you guys follow any political leaders or anything like that
2: no um i don't at least
1: i don't really follow any political leaders like that not really but as far as black twitter goes um I think Black Twitter is, like, that one-stop shop for, like, everything, right? So it's, mm-hmm. like, you can get, you can find anything you want. You can find some jokes. You can find some serious shit. You can find people. Oh, wait, can we post on this podcast? Yeah, 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 that's fine. Okay, <laughs> cool. And, um, and yeah, yeah. So, like, you can find basically anything. You can find people that's going to boost other people. You can find people that's going to put this Black-owned business on their page and try to support Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and you also get like the mental health um part of it too so it's like i think black i think black twitter is necessary um but but you but you can still tell there's some issues still with black twitter and how black people perceive things Mm
2: -hmm. just for
1: example the um what was it? The Megan Thee Stallion and the Tory Lanez incident. Hmm. You see so many people making jokes about it online and stuff like that. It's like it's like at one at point are we gonna take this seriously mm-hmm. and be like, hey, hey, like we need to do something about this. Like, hey, like we need to get Tory Lane's maybe out of here or like we need to make sure that Megan's okay. But people just making jokes about Tory making jokes about Megan and stuff like that. Right. And it's from people that look like me and you. So it's like, it's kind of it's crazy when you think about it like that.
2: Personally, I feel like Blackwood is like, it's, I'm not gonna say it feels like home, but it's like, that's, all, that's, that's what you see. You see stuff that you see like at home, at least like familiar to me. I don't know if it's for y'all, but like, you know, we crack jokes about serious stuff. And then we, but then again, we can also be serious about those topics. Right. So I feel like that's what Black Twitter is it's literally just bringing uh, our own homes, literally all together on, on a platform, I guess. Like, because, cause like you said, you can get literally anything you want from it. And just like you can if you're at home with your family, you can almost get any information just by, be, just by being there with your family. Right. That's how I feel about Black Twitter, because I don't, I don't follow it, but yet again, I'm on Twitter, but not as much as you would think. Like, I go yeah. on there, I'll swipe once, and then before I know it, I get, another, I get another notification on my phone, and I click it, so.
0: Yeah. Okay, so for Black Twitter, right, what I notice is sometimes when I go on it, or just looking at, um, like, the shade room and stuff like that, or, you know, so essentially what's going on right Mm -hmm. um i feel like there's a sense of you always have that one person who says something outlandish right and whether it's us or white people primarily that take over it like okay so for example right now um shit what is his name he's an he's an actor Gonzalo. uh shit all right But right now, there's two, like, Latina people, or Latinx Mm -hmm. people, how they describe it. There's basically, like, you know, it's basically all good for um, the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that. But what about us? And Black Twitter is like, sit the fuck down, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh Like, this is our time to shine.
3: Well, Latin, if you're talking about Latinx, Latinx refers to dark latin people so they they're part of it like that's the whole problem it's like there's this like colorism issue that exists uh in uh mostly these communities anyway and like the whole but what about us is i don't have a problem with you know latin americans wanting um uh you know a piece of the pie as well that's fine you know like you know and we should all kind of like support the ideology uh but we're gonna fight for um uh, like I mean, put it this way: it, most of the things that we fix, if we can fix it at the lowest rung, which is generally the black community, then more more than likely you can fix it at you know mm-hmm. uh, at everything.
0: Yeah. So they said um, it was John. Uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Leguizamo. Like Leguizamo. Leguizamo. I know. Yeah, I know who that. Is. I'm talking about right. And then there was uh, Dasha Polanco the girl from uh our disney black Uh yeah okay um so they basically was like why can't latin people have a piece of the pie as far as what's going on and basically another one was just like when we create um diversity is diversity but um it has to be diverse among everybody not just black people and white people right so i wanted to ask you basically like what's your thoughts on that like, I don't want to get your
2: back. On that. Well, first of all, I don't know if they like, heard that. What? Yeah, if they never heard of it, you can't. Like. Th- this is this is my first time hearing it, and mm-hmm. but yet again, I've heard other situations like this. Mm-hmm. But the only words I can say is like, "There's a time and place for everything."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, they also see what's going on, and if let me not say if you would be smarter about especially how you present yourself online. You have to take that in consideration. Like people are outraged. Like, mm-hmm. like buildings are burning <laughs> in some places. Like that doesn't happen on the regular for no for no apparent reason. Like, it's pe- like people have to learn how to move, going mm-hmm. on facing current situations. Like, if I was of any other race, and and like if I supported yeah, I support it, but I know when to keep my peace. Mm-hmm. Like, I know when to hold my thoughts for whatever I have to speak about, because this is worldwide right now. Like We under- we understand your problems, but this is worldwide. Like, you can't, like, and like Andy said, we're at, you could say that we're at the lowest. And right. if this gets fixed, y'all won't have to deal with anything. If we're going to be truthful, or, or to some degree like that. That's how I feel about it.
3: But I also think that people of color doesn't just represent black people. And I think that's a misconception. Oh, well. of course. Right, mm-hmm. so like, um, it, it, it speaks to a long standing uh, uh, colorism uh, uh, identity issue between blacks and Latins uh, anyway. Like you can look at Haiti and Dominican Republic as an example. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that what ends up happening is that like, we oftentimes see like this, but what about us separation when in fact, when, you know, brutality is happening, when systemic injustice is happening, it's happening to both, both uh, cultures, you know, like we have a a bunch of Latin Americans or or, um, not Latin Americans or um, uh, what are are they called? Um,
1: Mexicans, Hispanics. you're gonna have to
3: edit all of this. Um, Golly, bunch of uh, uh, not refugees, um, immigrants, immigrants. There you go. We have a bunch of immigrants that are locked in cages right now, right? Because of you know this president, you know that's not how uh, you know this country should be represented. So yeah, I think that there's a space to have this conversation, and I think uh, dialogue is something that's not being done in in our discourse, I should say, something that's not being done in the most effective way like i think you know at this point everyone should recognize that people can have an opinion and if your opinion is followed with some type of fact then conversations can occur right like Mm -hmm. keep our emotions in check and recognize that everyone gets to feel how they feel and communicate just uh when that happens i think that you know uh the world would be a lot lot better place but there is um a, a dynamic between latin americans and black americans or just latins and Blacks. That have existed for a long time that I don't think is being addressed. And I think as soon as that gets addressed, you know, there can be more effective dialogue mm-hmm. in the, in the as well. So, like, I think black Twitter being in an uproar is because a lot of times um, a black, black people don't feel like they're being supported by their Spanish counterparts and vice versa. Because so it feels
0: like they're
3: Well, I mean, it, some of them can, some of them can't. Um, I, I, I feel like just like in every other place, there's, a, there, there's colorism that affects a lot of cultures. There's a fear of being black because of the persecution that they're gonna deal with, right? And all this, are like, you know, um, and like they, they existed forever. So like, I think um, education and communication are the two most effective ways to kind of like uh, bring those bridges together.
0: Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of our podcast part two will be um, released next week so stay tuned for that and make sure you are subscribed um, with us on our youtube channel and also apple Podcasts, so that way you get notifications as to when we release the next podcast for part two of our conversation thank you see you guys there